Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. So, we just cannot get a break. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to think we could get a break. And now I've got the Kit Kat song in the back of my yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, you like those. Songs happen in my brain. Yeah. No, there's no break. So you have a lump on your midsection. You had a lump on your midsection. I have had a lump between the incision and my ribs that has been very uncomfortable. The incision being the longest incision. You had like yeah. four small ones, one big one, yes. Yeah. So, so the largest incision on my left side is a couple inches. And in the space above it, about three, four inches across and about two inches tall, you had a lump. Yeah, and I came home pretty lumpy. So at first we didn't notice any difference in any of the lumps. After an intestinal surgery, it is not uncommon for your midsection to be lumpy. Yes. Between inflammation and growing scar tissue and it's kind of expected. In, yeah. Things they sewed back together. Yeah. Yeah. But this lump did not go away when all the rest of the swelling went down. No, it got bigger. It did. Yes. So you went back to the doctor and he poked at it and said, it's probably just a seroma, which is a pocket of fluid where there shouldn't be a pocket of fluid. Right. But just to make sure that that's really what it is and it's not like a hernia or something else that's a problem. Because it was really painful. And then it didn't help that he pushed the fuck out of it. He did. He was poking at that thing. He made you lay down on the table and then he had to like make sure that it really felt like a pocket of fluid and not a pocket of guts. Right. He had to like manipulate around the fluid and through the fluid to see, do I feel a muscle oh, wall under there? Jeez. And it hurt. Yeah, it did. I took some pain pills after that. And I hadn't <laughs> been taking very many pain pills. No. I'd been weaning off of them. You were. And then you needed them again because doctor made ow. Doctors have this idea that... Okay, I'm going to write orders for a CT scan, and then they'll call you, and then you'll have one. It doesn't work like that. There's a lot of other time in between all those things. Well, that that is the general timeline, but it doesn't necessarily happen in that amount of time. It can dilate or contract as much as the system has time or need to do based on patient load and bureaucratic load. And dealing with insurance and all so the rest, forth. yes, mm -hmm. that would be part of the bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. but yes, being quite uncomfortable, I was determined to push it along, and so I would call each segment of you know wherever things were getting stuck next, and make sure that somebody got on it and unstuck, shoved it along. <laughs> so we, till we till we could get get me on the schedule and and scan your guts to make sure that they weren't hanging out through this lump. Pay a whole bunch more money again. Because if it's a seroma, they can just stick it with a needle and drain it. But if it's a hernia, then they're going to need to stick your guts back in and sew your muscle wall back together. Yeah, I know. I've Which done that before. This... Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, thank you. Right. No more. No. So because of the determined person who has nothing better to do but nap, feel pain, and call people about the thing that needs to be done, 
Yeah. Um, it, it was a matter of only four days before I got the scan. Mm-hmm. Another two days, because counting all day that day and the next day, before mm-hmm. I talked to the doctor. And, and he had read the report. And when you had first come home and all your swelling went down and you first started experiencing the pain that felt like everything was a little out of place, which is expected given that they removed a foot of your intestines. Things were in different places. They were. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you think compression might help? Because compression helps me when I have cramps. Oh. Compression helps when I have back pain. Mm-hmm. Compression might help you when your internal organs are readjusting themselves. Mm-hmm. But everything was also very sore to touch. Yes. So anything pressing against there created other pain. And I have various types of pains. I have stabbing pain and aching pain and... Swelling pain. Swelling pain and burning pain. I have various types. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't really keen on... (laughs) I'm sorry, on pressure pain. No. (laughs) No. And at first, also, speaking of, you know, things touching my abdominal area, my shirt touching the stubble of hair that was growing back... Because they shaved your abdomen in order to make the incisions. Yes. That was even a problem for a Uh while because it would almost tickle and so make me jump and, you know, everything would get tense. And then you'd get tense again. uh, Yes. So I did reject the compression at first. And And as you're doing all of this and managing all of this pain, our number two child comes back from vacation with his mommy Mm -hmm. and they are staying at grandma's house up the road, Mm -hmm. our adopted grandma, Mm -hmm. as opposed to your mother who is granny. Mm -hmm. And your aunt is going nuts. Oh, yeah, my aunt is having a little problem with her meds. And so... To say the least. Grandma has been managing the grief over losing her husband by staying extremely, extremely busy. Mm-hmm. And her similarly aged senior friend, who is behaving erratically due to a change in meds, keeps her quite busy, but it's also got her seriously exhausted at this point. Well, and then they did her and, and the other not easily managed similarly aged friend that lives across the street... Her and that one both got food poisoning. Oh. Yeah, they went out to eat, the three of them, and the, the two of them ate the same thing, and they both got sick. So at this point, your ex comes back to town with our number two child and says, I need to help all the old people. Can you take him back with you for a couple hours? Right. And you're in serious pain, and I'm spending most of my time doing a whole lot of nothing. Well, a whole lot of stuff that that adds up to nothing. Yeah, basically filling my time with anything and everything that I can drop at a moment's notice to serve your ailment. Yes, because during different bouts of pain, I didn't want to get up and down or reach for something or go in the kitchen and get anything because it was too much standing. Everything was very hard. Everything was very hard. And I didn't like asking for everything. No, you didn't, but you had to get accustomed to it as much as possible because your body does this. And we've talked about this before that, you know, some people, they have surgery on an area of their body and that part of the body repairs itself. No, your whole body shuts down to repair what's broken. And so you have a hard time even standing in the kitchen for a minute or two to decide what you want to eat in the fridge. And so you have to go sit down and say, tell me again what's on the top shelf. And I was struggling with feeling pretty bummed about that because when I came home from the hospital, I thought I was on a pretty good trajectory for healing and then I wasn't. And, and we talked about that a couple of weeks yeah. ago about how so, you were up and down for a few days. Yeah, so I was I was feeling kind of bummed. 
And every time I, so. I think the pain was going away and I was starting to get better and then something else would then happen. Then you'd find a new kind of pain. Yes, which the last one was this seroma, like a big blister. Yeah. Doesn't help you move around. So as you're trying to manage all this pain and manage whatever else you need to do, your ex texts you and says, can you take the boy for a few hours while I go and help the elderlies? Right. And he came here and I knew he was just going to want to go out and play. So I was totally fine with it. Go out and play. Yeah. Call me when you are going to a different place, which he didn't do every time. So then he didn't. I, I tracked him down and made him come back. But that was right before she was coming back for him. And um, he came in and just sat there. So he was tired. He was. Yeah. He wore himself out. Yeah. That's well, good. They, they flew back really late. I went over there first thing in the morning because at that point I was in, I was not yet to the seroma and I was just functional in the morning. You have energy in the morning and you have energy until you don't, until it's all used up and yeah. trying to conserve it won't make it not used up. It, no. If you try and sit still, it will still be gone by late morning or midday. Correct. So I went over there first thing in the morning. You woke everybody up. I felt bad for grandma because she, she's not a morning person and she was super tired. And she said, you know, they didn't get to bed till two. And I said, I'm sorry, but I have to take him to the urgent care and I have to do it now because I won't have the energy for it later. She understood. So she went and got them and I took him to get his ear looked at. And he did have a swimmer's ear and they gave him something for that. And uh, he had jock itch too. So they gave him a cream for that so that he would have the right cream, not just we go in the store and buy a cream and it's not right. exactly. Exactly the right one. They cultured his fungus and found the right medication for it. No, she just said, "Here, this is what he needs, but I'll just write a prescription for it rather than send you to find this exact thing and have you end up possibly getting the wrong one. Because you're a man and you can't be trusted with That's these things. That's probably what it was, too. Probably. Well, I, bet, I bet you're right. <laughs> yeah, and she, she was... Uh, well, you're the dad bringing in the kid who's been clearly and obviously sitting in his wet swimsuit for days and days and days. That's how he got the itch. She didn't look. She just looked at his ear. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I said, he also has jock itch. And she was like, he has what? And I said something else then, like, I can't remember what I said. I'm not good at remembering lately. He um, has a rash. Yeah. He, on his nethers. Yes. And and she said, oh, okay. And she asked me a couple of questions. And then she said, what it, what kind of cream was I trying? And I explained to her, I don't know. It just said jock itch and the thing. I bought it. <laughs> And uh, and then then she probably decided to yeah yeah you're, you're a man I need to help uh, you you're not doing the right thing no. let me fix that for you yeah <laughs> okay I was just glad we were done yes and I could bring him back and go lay down yes because I was out of energy then yes you were. Mm -hmm. Yes, you were. And that boy will sap your energy quicker than anything, although yeah. he was fairly good for you that morning. He was very good. Like, and even when I said to him, all right, by afternoon, when, you know, when he hadn't called and I had to track him down and say, hey, you didn't call me and say you were going to the next place. So you need to come back now. And he had to call. He was expected to call, which is not his usual MO, because he didn't have his phone with him. Yeah. And I couldn't go to grandma's and get his phone because she was sick. Yeah. And that's why he was being dropped off to me so that his mom could go take care of my crazy aunt because grandma was supposed to do it and grandma couldn't do it because grandma was sick. There's this whole chain of who's supposed to do what and you always end up being the last and sturdiest domino and so it always falls on you. 
Yeah, except there is something going to fall on you, but... Well, we'll get there later. Oh, for fuck's sake. Eventually, you did get the CAT scan after the kid had gone again. Yeah, I got the CAT scan. Went to the doctor on Monday. Got a CAT scan on Thursday morning early. Talked to the doctor Friday, like 6 o'clock, because... At the end of his day. He couldn't find it on Thursday. I called the MA, and they couldn't find it in the system. In the electronic system. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. It still hasn't showed up on my electronic chart that I can access. That's weird. But like I said this morning, my my bill was wrong too. Right. Now, do you get the graphics of those scans? Like if you get an x-ray or a CAT scan, can you get to the graphics or do you just get the written uh, analysis of them? I just, um, you know, I don't don't think I can get the graphics. I haven't had a lot of reason to try to look for it. You know, like when I had the CT scan last time, I didn't think about looking for it. This I would be more interested in looking at. I find that interesting because you're such a picture person and not a word thinker at all. Yeah. Usually if you want to see stuff, you have to be in the doctor's office and they have to have a copy of it. Right. And what comes on the electronic thing, which is usually your labs. Charts with numbers and labels. Yeah, that's mostly what's in there. So I expect that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And so they did end up draining your, did turn out to be a seroma this morning. Mm -hmm. And... Before that, when you talked to the doctor on Thursday or Friday, which Friday. one of those calls you called or when you did talk to someone and you said, so what can I do externally for pain? If I don't want to be taking more and more pain pills, you know, heat, cold, compression. And they said, whatever makes you feel better. And so you said, well, now I'm not sensitive to the touch. Maybe compression will be better. Yes. And, I, and it was. And I said, I can find you some compression. Yes. And instead of going to the medical supply store and buying you a abdominal compression vest for $30, $40, $50, I went to the department store and bought you a girdle for $8. That's right. I got myself a man girdle. And I say it's a man girdle because there's a, a man wearing it. Good for you. So there. <laughs> there's a pretty lady on the label. I tore the label off. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's funny to it was, me that yeah. you're wearing a girdle because you're yeah. like a stick person. You're not the person who ever would wear a girdle for the sake of having a girdle. I'm especially a stick person. You are especially stickish I, lately. I gained two pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. You dropped like 20 pounds. I dropped 25 pounds. In the very first week and then five more over the mm-hmm. course of the following month. Mm-hmm. I gained two of them back or oh, two or three. Good. Now, was that with all your clothes on? Yes. I was at the doctor's office with my clothes and my shoes on. Uh huh. So maybe I only gained half a pound, but we'll see. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, so they did and they stuck you with an eighteen gauge needle, which is what I draw your testosterone out of the You know, that was the other conversation we had at oh, breakfast. It was. That was the other conversation wondering what kind of needle they were gonna use. Yeah. And I was so curious that I texted a friend of ours, a friend of the show, who has been a phlebotomist among other healthcare professions and said Hey, what do you think? This is what we're thinking. And I'm thinking 18 gauge is what I get the testosterone out of the bottle with. 22 gauge is what I stick it into your ass with. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one of those is going to be better for draining fluid, but I wonder which one they use for an IV because they put some thick fluids through IVs. Yeah. And so they did end up using an 18 gauge needle. Yeah, she thought... She thought maybe 16 or 18. She did. And then yes, we were friend. talking to our lawyer friend the night before because he came over to have dinner with us. And and he injects himself with the 18 gauge. Yeah. And you know what's funny? 
We had the same doctor. You the doctor did have the same doctor. prescribing him one size needle and me a different size needle. Well, I think that started because you also went to the itsy bitsy teeny weeny gender clinic. And so when you went back to the insurance doctor, then the insurance doctor just continued what you had already been doing, which was two separate needles from the clinic. Well, most people use two separate needles, one for drawing it out of the bottle and one for injecting, because when you're jabbing that needle into the bottle through that rubber top, it dulls the needle just enough that it's important to not use that needle if you don't have to. (laughs) Fair enough. Mm -hmm. It does. Although our our lawyer friend is something of a Viking too, so he's... Yeah, he probably doesn't even think about it. No. Yeah. So yeah, they they did drain your midsection and then we get home and you're like, okay, now I need a nap. I went to the gym and you took a nap and you watched a movie and we're doing other restful things with your girdle on. Mm -hmm. And then we get a text message and a phone call from your ex and her family. Well, we got one on the way to the doctor too. Did we? I missed that. You didn't No, no. You you were in the car because- we stopped at the store. We were doing a couple errands on the way to the ah, doctor. Ah, yes, we were. And she called me and said, hey, I'm not sure what to do with him. He was having a major meltdown. Oh, I remember this part now. Yeah. Yes, he was having a huge meltdown, like the kind, whoopsie, I broke my table kind of meltdown. And on some neighbor's lawn. On the neighbor's lawn. And it had been going on for 25 minutes already. And she's like, what do I do? And I said, get an umbrella so you have some shade and wait it out. Tell him when he's done, you guys can go in and have some Gatorade. And what he was doing is she gave him a consequence. And he didn't like it. He didn't like it. reacted against it, which is not the way to get yourself out of the consequence. It never does get him out of it, so... She said he he eventually came in and took a shower and, and settled down. After all that, I bet he did need a shower. Yeah. And he, she figured he'd probably fall asleep and she was going to go to the store and expected he'd be asleep by the time she got back just because he does that after that kind of a fit. He does. He wears himself out and he needs a nap after. Yeah. But then, you know, this phone call came in while we were going and picking up something from the store and helping our tall friend. get. You gave her her injection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like four hours later, we get a call from your ex's dad. Yeah. And it said, call 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 me me. back. Right. And if that's all it says, it's never good. No, it's never good then. And I I, I said to you, I think the problem is that she is now unavailable and he will have to come home. Her long-term chronic health care occasionally gets in the way of her functioning. She had gone to an appointment and her health care provider said, uh, this is not good and we're going to have to give you some more treatment and we'd like you to stay inpatient. And they were still still ironing out those details, but by then her dad was calling and saying, She can't manage this kid because she's gone. She's we can't manage him because he's not manageable. Yeah, and, and her dad is having big health care problems and, you know. Related to age and diabetes. Yeah. And so... Neither he or I can fly right now. (laughs) And the kid can't fly more than one flight. And we can't seek the assistance of any of our elderly family because... Your mother is blind. Grandma is busy with her family, who is also having some health care issues. Yes. And your aunt that we mentioned her, her earlier, son, yeah. your aunt is not cognitively functional enough to manage a plane trip and right. getting a boy and bringing him back. And by not cognitively functional, do you have any examples that- Yes. 
In the past, the examples were that she couldn't seem to remember what she was doing. She would call from the airport and say, where am I going? Right. Or drive the wrong way on the freeway and wonder why the officer stopped her. 12 hours going through the airport twice in Chicago and can't get into the airport. Right. So um, I think we've talked about she went and got her meds changed. They took her off the meds that were slowing her down. And 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 she's still a little dementified, but not as much as she was before. Correct. But uh, they gave her some other meds and and they did say, you know, here's a different med for seizures and here's a different med for dementia and here's a different med for Parkinson's. And she started doing a lot better. But then then she kept going up and up and up. So it wasn't better and it was manic. She passed the good part and kept going. She did. Yeah. Which happens. And she became super manic and started doing all kinds of things like people do when they're manic, like shopping too much and spending money like crazy and staying awake too long. And making big plans for everyone, especially people who already have too much on their plates. Yeah. Like we're all taking a big round the world trip and getting new cars and maybe a helicopter. I don't know. That kind of stuff. Yes. This is what manic people do. Yes. And uh, that's what grandma's been managing. (sighs) So grandma went to the doctor with her again. My aunt is getting so out of control. And my sister says, what are we going to do? And I said, I, I can I can just take care of myself barely here. You're going to have to figure this out. So my sister got her a, a sooner appointment at the neurologist with somebody else in the office by calling and saying, look, this is what's happening. And they agreed she needed to be seen right away, but still right away was a week. And in this intervening week, she spends so much money that she can't afford her rent and has to borrow $200 from grandma to make rent, applies for like five different credit cards and... And makes plans to sell her property in the place she used to live across the country, tries to make plans to go visit all the family in Chicago, but your sister won't buy her the ticket. Yeah, and she doesn't realize she could probably just get on the phone and do it herself. Maybe she can't because she can't focus enough. She did admit to me her brain was going too fast. So I used that as a point for her to try to realize what was happening. But she couldn't She couldn't she stay couldn't there. She couldn't hold on to the thought long enough for it to affect her behavior in any yeah. meaningful way. And, and that was just me talking to her briefly out of the 10 times a day she'd call. This is horrible. Like, you'll tell her, I'm taking a nap now. Please don't call for the next two hours. And she will call you five times in that two hours and leave voicemails every time with detailed plans. Three and a half minute voicemails. About how she's going to have you drive her car down to visit your sister to watch spring training and how you are going to do these things for her. Or maybe the next one is about how she has ticked someone off or gotten in the doghouse with one of these caregivers that she has. One of them was, I was going to schedule an oil change, but I think what I might do is go buy a new car. Like what? (laughs) I'm not kidding. I I don't think you're allowed to own a car in our state without a license. Well, she wasn't considering that factor. No, no. That's a thing that happens when you're manic. I was married to it for many years. You don't consider all the details of the planning while you're doing the planning. No. So yeah. So nobody would take her near the car dealership because poor no. zero child. Oh my gosh. She got, she, she's driving your aunt's car right now because- For work. Yeah. For work, yes. To get to and from work because be- your aunt can't drive it. And the original arrangement was number zero child would drive the car and then help out as much as was needed, like driving your aunt to places whenever it was convenient around her work schedule. Because your aunt is not ready to give up the car yet. She still thinks she can get her driver's license back. She does think that. She still does think that. 
Nobody else thinks that. She also needs the car to be driven on at least a somewhat regular basis so that it doesn't just sit there in the driveway and then, you know, a year and a half later, you're trying to drive it back to the dealership and it won't start. Right. So number zero child has been driving this car around and therefore feels obligated to help out whenever your aunt needs assistance with running errands. And does that every week. Every week helps out. For her great aunt. Yes. Or their great aunt, I should say. Yes. So we, we gave the information to Zero Child. Grandma says, don't take your aunt anywhere near a store. She's not allowed. And the doctor said she's not to make financial decisions unless grandma approves them. Don't take her near any stores. None. So Zero Child says, okay. So on the way over there. She's supposed to be picking up your mother to go visit your aunt. Yes, because my aunt has decided my mother should do her laundry at my aunt's house. Instead of paying at the laundry room at the apartment complex she right. lives in. This is just part of the mania. My aunt says to Zero Child, well, before you go pick up uh, Granny, can you take me to the post office? Well, that's not a store. I guess I could do that. It's just running an errand. You're shipping a package. So my aunt goes in the post office and the child waits in the car. And a few minutes later, my aunt is standing at the doorway waving to the child saying, come here, come here, and has bought $120 worth of shipping supplies. Oh, for goodness sake. We have a ton of shipping supplies at our house. Yes, because we that's save, how we go shopping. The little box comes to the front door. We don't go to stores very often. And so we have a lot of boxes with which to repackage things and send them to people. Yeah, sometimes we have so many I have to get rid of them. It's true. Yeah. Along with the bubble packs and the air packs and the bubble wraps. And, and the, the paper wrap too. And the crumpled papers and the, the styrofoam, styrofoam peanuts. peanuts and the corn not styrofoam peanuts. That's that a are, child always asks ask if he can eat those. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's funny to me. So yeah, that was one of the things she did. Somebody else took her for a haircut and she came out with $160 worth of hair supplies. That is nuts. It's not going to stop her from having a bald spot in the back. No. Just saying. Right. So yeah, she can't go. And you texted our teacher friend who has been very busy trying to make ends meet and be in college. And you texted your work wife because she would be the next reasonable choice because I should be here helping you if you need it. But, but nope. Zero Child will make themselves available if I need something and it will be okay. And so you're trying to do all of this problem solving. Again, while you're trying to recover from major surgery, you're still the problem solver. You're Pro still... Solving the problem is not going to be nearly as difficult as when he actually gets home. Oh, for fuck's sake. Starts, starts uh... Battering ram? Yeah, you know, I think I told grandma what we do with the little kids sometimes is limit them to five asks per day. And so that grandma might try that with my aunt and say, look, you can only ask for three outings per week. And that's all. So don't ask me every day because on Thursdays and Saturdays, I'm not taking you anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and just try to limit right, limit right. the craziness. Put, put some boundaries mm -hmm. around it or around yourself to keep yourself safe right. from the nonsense. So we will have to do that with him. We will. And the other thing I was thinking that we need to get started with him is what helped him last year avoid summer slide, because I'm pretty sure that he has not been doing any sort of academics while he's been on vacation. And I'm he's, sure he hasn't. he's reading at a middle of second grade level and he's going into fourth grade. Yeah. So we need to start him on those academic summer bridge books again. 
That's going to be hell to pay the first couple of days. Oh, you better believe it. But by the third or fourth day, he'll just do it. Mm-hmm. It will be hell to pay, but he'll want to go out and see his friends. And you can go out and play with your friends when you're done. Or you can go to the kids club when you're done. You don't get to go anywhere else or do anything else except eat a meal and sit in your room until you're done. If you want to be out here, you're working on this. When this is done, you can go other places. Right, and he thought it was bad when he got in trouble for not brushing his te- teeth at his mother's house. Oh my gosh, what happened? He he uh, had a meltdown and told her he didn't want to be there and he wanted to go back to my house and he didn't even want to be anywhere and it was all terrible. The, the Well, this morning when he was having a meltdown with her, he was saying he wanted to be homeless. He didn't want to come back here either. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he didn't ask to come back here this morning. No. And then when his grandfather called, he wanted to talk to me. So he called me from his <laughs> oh my phone. Gosh. And he says, hey. So, okay, back up first, because the plan was that because her dad was getting crotchety about him being there, that she was going to take him somewhere else in the Pacific Northwest and stay with some friends for the remainder of the time that he was supposed to be there. Yes. Stay with some friend, let's call him John. Trans guy. That's great. Yeah. They were supposed to go there tomorrow. And stay with this trans guy and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he would have a playmate and it would be fun. Yes. And they were going to be leaving on a plane tomorrow. So he, he calls me from his phone and he says, hey, you know, we were supposed to go tomorrow to John's house. And, and I'm just wondering because it only takes like an hour to get there, which is, is not true. It takes a couple few hours. On a plane from, no, yeah. From one end of the country. From the to, south end to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. No. So um, maybe you could call John and maybe I could still go there. And uh, John could just watch me for a week. And, and, I, and, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. dude, I don't have John's number. Uh-uh. I can't do it. Nope. He's like, oh, okay. I was just wondering if you had his number. I don't have it. I said, I might be able to find him on social media, but I can't, I can't get you there. Sorry. So yeah, he's not going to be so thrilled to come home. So I don't know. I, I think that... For his sanity and ours, we really need to enforce some really strong boundaries the first couple days. He will feel safer here. He won't admit to it, but subconsciously he will feel safer here. Mm-hmm. And it will also, we've talked about this before, how the difficulty of parenting can either crescendo or decrescendo. And if you front load the effort, it will get easier in the long run. Right. And the meltdown he was having earlier today, I, d- I had that discussion with you. She said he didn't check in when he was supposed to. So she wasn't going to let him go play with his friends for the rest of the day. Now it was maybe one o'clock in their time zone or no, no, it's later there. Uh, three o'clock? Yeah. Or so, anyhow, it was... So it was- it was been afternoon. basically a couple hours till dinner in bed. And I said to you, I probably would have told him to stay home for yeah. one. He was grounded for an hour. Because he doesn't learn better for more. And I wouldn't want him at the house f- from two o'clock till five o'clock bugging the shit out of me. So Right. Yeah, that is what you would do. I, I wouldn't. I would keep him home for the rest of the evening and I would find chores for him to do. And I would, you know. He would just tell you to F off and try to break things. He but, might. Yeah. Jeez. But that would be so are you practice say- in self-control. So I wouldn't tell him about the workbook until you get him to this house. I'm not. 
Because Hell no. he'll fight you in the airport. He will. No, I'm going to make that trip home as easy as possible, just like when you had to go and rescue him before. Yeah, I made it very easy. I went and got him some food. We walked around. We looked at stuff on our screens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I made it very easy to get home. Did you tell them not to pack his game system? I didn't. I don't care if they do or don't. They might not because it's trouble for them. They don't really know how to unhook things or whatever. Right. And um, if they do, then it's just something to take away. So tomorrow I'm getting on a plane. Yes, you're getting on a couple planes. I'm getting on a plane to go meet him from the first leg of his journey and bring him back. Yes. On... The same route, but a yeah. different flight. Well, and the, the unfair part is when I had to do this lovely little trip, I had to do it late at night. Him and I got back at like one o'clock in the morning because the plane was late. Actually, the plane was there. There was no crew. You have to leave the house at six in the morning. I have to be at the airport at six. Well, the plane leaves at, yeah, we have live in a small town. So yeah, I can be there. I can leave at six. It'll still be fine. I was thinking before that I would have needed to be there at six. If we lived in a bigger city, I would. Right. And of course, I am the morning person and would have done better with the morning time and vice versa. Correct. So, but yeah. I, I feel the need to point out that we've rescued him from that place twice in six months. Yeah, I noticed I'm thinking that letting the person with chronic illness make big plans he that involve he our kids. He can't go there. He can't go there. I think that she can't manage him because he's a lot of work and deal with her family at the same time who, like I said, her, you know, especially her father was giving him a hard time and that's unfair to him. I'm not having him do that. Mm-mm. So he can stay here and if she wants to see him, they can go somewhere closer to here and hang out. Right. And I don't know how that will work out, but sending him there is just no good because it's two plane rides and every time something goes wrong, we have to fly all over the place. Granted, we don't have to pay for the ticket because his grandfather is glad enough to get him out of the house that he'll pay for everybody's tickets. But I don't want to keep flying and you don't want to either. No. None of us do. That is correct. Just to go fly to another airport, sit there and wait till he gets off of his plane, then sit there and wait for your plane to leave. To come back home. A whole day just fly to doing an that. airline hub just to sit in the airport. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No. I'm all done. Yeah. And so are you. Yeah. So is that it for now? I hope so. Me too. Mm. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! You're nodding like I can continue and then you... <laughs> it's funny to I, me. I don't hear all those sounds. No, you don't. No. You've long since learned to tune them out just like your heartbeat mm-hmm. in the Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Pretty good trajectory for healing. Projectory? Yeah, that's not what I mean. Trajectory. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I love you. 